If you're like me and looking to cut back on alcohol this year, Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. They've recreated the cocktails you know and love, like their Ginger Lime Mule and Grapefruit Paloma, which happen to be my favorites. You can enjoy the flavors and feelings of those cocktails without the booze. Zero proof, zero compromise. Listeners can get 15% of the Recess Mocktail Sampler at takearecess.com slash autocallMAFS. You guys know I don't drink very much. So Recess is a great substitute while everybody else imbibes. It's a lightly sparkling mocktail infused with functional ingredients like uplifting guayusa and stress-balancing adaptogens. Whether you're relaxing after work or hanging out with friends, make Recess Mocktails your drink between drinks or your forever mocktail. Get 15% off Recess Mocktails now at takearecess.com slash altercallMAFS so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. Ladies, you know that vicious week before your period where you feel like you want to crawl out of your skin, you feel a little bit down or off, and those cravings when you feel like you can eat anything in sight? Well, there's a solution for that. Now it's easier to manage your PMS with estrogen control. You have to try Hormone Harmony. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality. And it shows. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ALTERCALLMAFS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S for 15% off today. Hi, I'm Tane. And I'm Aid, and this is Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast. Welcome to week 14. How's it going? It's going. We're still here. They're still married. Well, some of them are. (laughs) (laughs) They're all still legally married. But I mean, the good part is they're back to regular production. That is good. That is good. I'm surprised that they decided to extend it out as long as they are. Mm-hmm. I thought they would just go on this retreat and then go to decision day and let's call this done. But they are two weeks of production left, it looks like. Yeah. I'm glad. I mean, it's been a good season, but I think I'm getting to the point where I'm kind of ready for it to just wind down. Let's figure out, you know, what's happening. Let's see what happens after and just, you know. And I'm complaining, and they're the ones that have to be on quarantine for, like, 40 days. <laughs> I think it might have... Was it longer? I, think it was I keep on trying to do some math with timelines, and I'm very confused, because it sounds like they said they ended up being married for 16 weeks as part of the experiment. Yeah. So they were... they were. I'm just saying, outside of the allotted time they were supposed to be together, there was 40 days extra. Because I think as of last week, it was day 73 or something. Oh my God. <laughs> But yeah, we'll get into them. Um, I wanted to touch on a couple of things. I don't have couples cam anymore. Although I see that there's a little bit of specials they're adding. Last um, last night they had top weddings. I may or may not. I left it in my DVR. Um, go touch on it. Maybe afterwards it could be an episode we recap or something and talk about how we felt. So we'll see. But for now, not touching it. Just left it at that because for sure I know some of the wedding um scenes that will probably make the list but anyway as a social media roundup 
we saw that some couples were hanging out in California together. Looks like Jamie able to fly now. So, and she was having dinner or lunch with um, Jeff D and Shawnee's in California. Yeah, and Beth, Elizabeth, and Jamie. That's so really strange. I thought, yes, I thought that was very strange because I'm like, of all the couples, why those three? So I could be guessing that they're filming something, but I think they are because again, trolling Shawnee's or. Jamie, can't remember his um, Instagram, they said something about filming a special and some ads. So it could be for Couples Camp. I don't know, because remember, they're still filming. So they're coming back in January. So I don't know. But yeah, they were hanging out um, in California. And then today, Jamie had her location in Florida, and she was at the doctor still dealing with her postpartum depression. She had videos of her... They were taking blood from her. It was a lot of blood, too. But her location said Florida. So I was like, uh, okay. I mean, I guess. <laughs> so I don't know what's going on. That's a lot of flying around the country. Yeah, especially Florida. Florida is a hotbed, so I don't when know. When she was in Florida, did she have kids or husband with her? I didn't see that. It was just like a quick drive-by. And all I saw was um, her talking about some medical stuff. And the location just said Florida. Because I know I went back. I was like, Florida? Okay. So, I don't know. And we want to shout out to our listener who sent us a DM. I hope I'm saying this right. Kay Pasquier. We spoke last week about um, where Olivia's parents were. And I think I had said it could be Houston. But she corrected us to say that her parents are in Shreveport, which is about four and a half, five hours from NOLA, New Orleans. So, thank you for that correction. <laughs> like our listeners giving us the info. And I think the last thing I saw, we've gone a lot, uh, gone hard a lot on the experts talking about how they were not present. But Dr. Viviana posted, like, it was a screenshot of her talking to Brett and Olivia, who were cozy, by the way. I'm telling you, like, behind the scenes, it seems like, I mean, we've, we've established that, that Brett is very touchy-feely, but they were really cozy, leaning on her and stuff. But Dr. Viviana was saying that they did keep in contact with the couples. Most of it was not filmed, but they did a lot of check-ins. But that's also baffling to me, like, why that would not be included when that's part of the whole premise of the show, to just decide not to show that, but okay. But good to know that, you know... Well, then, why then was Dr. Pepper and Pastor Cal falling all over themselves last week to apologize for not being present. Good point. Good point. Because my other <laughs> point was, I don't even know if that's a good thing that you kept in touch. And some of the things that went down, went down. <laughs> they are, you know, the experts can counsel. They can't make people do stuff, but I, I guess you, they need to keep their story straight. Either you were in contact and counseling or you weren't there for them. Make like one story. Yeah. Yeah. So that's basically the roundup. Haven't still haven't decided if there's gonna be enough content every week, but if there is, we'll let you guys know what you know the Mouse family are going on. Oh, Deanna does have a cute bump. Oh, bump I saw a picture of her pregnant, and I was like, "You're such a cute pregnant lady." Dude, isn't she? I'm so so happy for it, and it's such a huge turnaround. I think maybe they're the ones who give Karen and Miles shippers hope. But... <laughs> <laughs> I they still don't think Deanna is Karen. I agree. I agree. <laughs> But anyways, fill us in, Aid. How was Unfiltered? Unfiltered. It was so good this week because they're doing it back to normal, which means that they are all in one place. Yeah. Jamie and the the participants. Jamie was still in that dress, though, and I was very confused. I was like, this can't be for continuity. 
You're in a completely different set in person. Why are you still in that dress? But a lot happened on Unfiltered. So at first they show recommitment day um, and Olivia and Brett and the breakup stuff. And she said she was caught off guard when he left. She has said that. And she thought that it was intentional that he was vague. She's not buying the cat excuse. Olivia says it's always something else. The cat thing is a cop out. Karen said, justifying your move out because of your pet is a little extreme. Um, and Olivia's like, well, you have to figure it out. Doesn't your wife become come before your cat? And I was like, no, she really doesn't when you've known her for a short amount of time and you don't want to be with her. No, you don't come before the cat. Wait, how is, did we watch the same thing? I didn't see that the cat was the reason. They had a phone call where he said, we don't agree on fundamental things and it's not working. What is this cat business? <laughs> They showed the part where he said the cats were fighting and that's why he left. Do you remember that? No, I remember that part. Even then I was baffled because I'm like, where did this cat thing come from? You had a whole ass conversation and she was like, it's not working. We don't agree. We should have, you know, moved further at this point. And I just think he even said, no, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) So what is, how is everyone buying into this cat thing? Like, okay. You're right. Um, So Miles, uh, then they show Miles talking about not feeling cared about. And Karen says it's hard for her to watch. Um, She talked about her job and she was assigned to COVID relief projects. And she didn't blame Miles for thinking that she didn't have the capacity to like commit to the relationship. And then Jamie is like, well, quarantine was hard for everyone and asked Olivia how it was for her and Brett. And she says sometimes it was fun. They spent a lot of time together. He was terrified of her giving him COVID. And I still feel like Olivia is downplaying, like the same thing you said last week about how, like we were reading articles about people sleeping in their basements and like moving out of their houses and living in hotels and tents in the backyard. And Olivia is just really blasé about him being scared of something that I think was right to be scared about. Yeah, and she's a she's a PA. <laughs> Maybe for her, she's like, well, I'm not dealing with COVID patients. Maybe that was the difference. Uh-oh. I okay. I don't, I, I don't buy, I, I don't understand why that is, has been downplayed again and again. She, she did say last week that she's closer to it. So it's not as big a deal or whatever it is that she said. She's not as frightened of it because it's not like an unknown, which doesn't also still make sense because... You being close to it doesn't mean you can't get it. I mean. (laughs) Henry said that it was awkward quarantining with Christina. Um, Of course. So then they do another Brett and Olivia thing. And this is where they talk about their marriage and ultimately break up. Olivia said that it was hard to watch and that conversations with Brett are hard and they always feel one-sided. And the only reason that she asked that question at the end was to make sure there was nothing else that they could do. She actually got very upset and unfiltered. She said she watched the show for a long time and she felt like she could do it. If anyone could do it, she could do it. And it's not so much about being heartbroken about her and Brett working out, which I think you have referenced this before. She said it's more about wanting something happy um, and successful. And I think you've touched on how Olivia like wants to win. Win. She thinks it's a pop quiz. Gotta get an A. (laughs) I'm like, girl, nope. You hit it on the head because that's exactly what she said. Oh, I rhymed. Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> so then Jamie asked Karen, do you think Brett gave up too soon? And Karen says you can't define too early or too soon for some people, but she doesn't appreciate the way that he handles situations, which goes back to my point of these people never missing an opportunity to diss this man. <laughs> yeah, they're not fans. <laughs> and then Karen says it didn't seem like it phased him in that moment, and that's part of why it's hurtful. Now, let us talk about Henry's response. Because I think the minute Henry said this, I was like, hmm, you have some regrets about what we're all about to see. <laughs> Henry says, in my opinion, it's okay to do if you don't think it's going anywhere. Why waste anyone's time? I feel for Olivia, but honestly, you know, if he's not worth it. And then Jamie pops in on why go on married at first sight if you don't really want to get married. And I was frustrated. I feel like they keep on trying to develop the storyline that Brett didn't want to be married. Yeah. Brett didn't want to be married to Olivia. Those are two separate things. Yeah, I agree. Because the whole thing with Brett leaving, I will say the way he left was wrong. And it was probably out of annoyance. Because, I again, I think they downplayed the whole him not wanting her to go see her parents. And he just had it to a head and then just moved out. So that was wrong. But again, it goes back to that hero, quote unquote, edit that everyone's giving Olivia like she didn't play a part. And it's a little frustrating. Like she did nothing wrong, but she has to take responsibility for her part in the whole thing. And it doesn't help that Brett is a dick. So it's also hard to back him up. So, <laughs> yes. So they show um, the Christina and Dr. Pepper talking. And, like, right before they showed it, they're kind of, like, making jokes with Henry about, like, buckle, like, get ready. (laughs) (laughs) So Henry says that Christina exaggerated how much he was gone. He was working on weekdays at his apartment. So weekends were his opportunity to go to do errands. He says, I went to work at 6 a.m. And he doesn't know what the problem is since her, she was in bed until 1 or 2 in the afternoon (laughs) when he was home anyway. And then Jamie asked, was she in bed until one or two to avoid you? And he's like, no, that's her routine. (laughs) (laughs) She takes the longest baths and he would text his friends, should I call the cops? Because she would be in the bathroom for five hours. Wow. He said she embellishes. I was like, okay, so she lies. Um, Did quarantining help their relationship? And he said it's been difficult, but he signed up to see this thing through. Okay. Henry just has buzzwords. He repeats. Jamie asked Olivia if Brett was more willing to compromise, could it have worked out? And she said, it's hard to say. It felt like their relationship was never serious. She said, we had one conversation about his childhood. He needed to do a lot of figuring out about himself before he married a stranger. Mm-hmm. She ain't lied about that one. So then there's Henry with Pastor Cal. They sure did show a lot of Christine and Henry on Unfiltered. So they talk about Christina's walk and he provides even more detail about the walk. He said she she left for the walk. Then she sent a text that she ran into an old friend who invited her to crawfish. Then sent another text if he wanted her to bring crawfish home. He's like, good thing I said no, because I would have starved to death that night. (laughs) There he is funny. Uh, Then a text about helping a friend move in. He said he didn't know what was going on, but maybe she wanted to get out of the apartment. Um, They don't say one word about why are you going to eat communal crawfish with people during a pandemic? They don't touch on that. And then Henry was asked, why did you decide to recommit? And he said he hated to walk away if things couldn't have gotten better. Mm -mm -mm. So then they play the 
the sleeping with another guy accusations. So he said she kept on asking why he thought things weren't working out. And he listed about 20 things. He told her, you know, it's absolutely not true about, you know, not having affairs, not being gay. And he said, when I said that, I think her soul left her body. She was struggling to understand, like, why I wasn't attracted to her or showing her affection. And she threw the gay thing as one last desperate Hail Mary and no one caught it. To this day, he has not seen those texts and he thinks it's kind of gross. <laughs> Olivia said, it's a lot of accusations. If Henry was gay, he'd be out and happy about it, not on Married at First Sight, Married to a Woman. And Henry said that she admits that in her five-year toxic relationship, they did crazy things to one another and here it is. And then Jamie asked, how do you feel about com- after career commitment? And he says it's one thing after another at this point and he takes it one day at a time. Jamie says she hopes the next half of your journey is less negative. Olivia ends it with, she thinks there's a guy out there for her and she's like, call me. <laughs> And I I do mark that as a spoiler because I think in the previews for next week, they make it seem like there's hope for reconciliation for those two, which clearly if, you know, Olivia is asking people to call her at the end of Unfiltered, then no, there isn't. So yeah, on Unfiltered, they spoiled the show for us. um, It wasn't so bad. I mean, they could be openly dating. They could be dating other people while dating each other. I don't know. What do you call that openly dating other people while dating each other? Not exclusive. <laughs> All right. We'll dive into our couples right now. And it starts with Olivia. The couples get a break from quarantine and they get together for a couple's retreat. Well, first of all, how did you feel about the episode eight? I really liked it. Once again, things are moving. Things are happening, I think. Um, I did wonder about where they picked to go on this retreat, though. I'm like, this must have been the only place that could take them. Because hopefully, how are you going to take them to the Hotel Escara and then take them to this place? Um, <laughs> because that's the, that's the usual um, thing. They go to a cabin, remember? Yeah, when but last... there are nicer cabins than this one that looks like it's made out of leftover containers. They're also in Louisiana. Uh, there are nice cabins in Louisiana. Um, okay. Maybe. I liked it because I'm glad that they got to go out and we don't have to see the struggle cell phone cam view and it was back to clear production and it's just kind of nice to see things, a little semblance of normal. Not exactly the full thing, but it was kind of nice to watch. But we'll dive in with Olivia. Um, Olivia's packing up after the breakup. Amani comes to see her. So it's also kind of nice because that these two are actually friends. I had my doubts. I thought it was just a matchmake by the producers, but it seems like they're actually friends. Yeah. So Amani comes to see her. She comes in margaritas to help her pack, and she wants to let Olivia know that she's supportive. Olivia says she's sad to go and tells Amani that he took everything, even the salt. <laughs> <laughs> Why is Brett so petty? He said, no, I ate everything there. But to take the salt, though... I think he's like, but I brought this salt, so I'm taking it home with me. Why am I just going to buy new salt just because I broke up with you? Because it's not in his budget. If he buys salt, he didn't have that $1.29 listed <laughs> on there. So she tells us that they are randomly texting, and he actually asked her if she wants to hang out. And once again, if there ever was an audition reel to take Jamie's job, Amani was right there asking all the right questions. And she's like, hmm, did you guys hang out, you know, when you were married? And Olivia says, like, they didn't really, you know, hang out that much. And she's not sure why he's asking her that now. And then he has the audacity to tell Olivia that it's okay for her to date if she wants to. Like, bruh. 
That means he's going on dates and he doesn't want to feel bad about it. I already told you that's why he left. He was missing. <laughs> he just wants to have dates. He doesn't necessarily want to have a connection. He just wants to keep busy. But so Manny tells us that, you know, it seems the story is like you said from unfiltered, Amani says that she's disappointed Brett didn't give his all. I I, I don't I, know if I agree with that. I really I know I don't agree with Brett that. Brett tried. Brett, I think Brett tried. They just didn't fit. Agreed. And he just had the balls to call it time of death now. I forgot to say something during unfiltered because um yes, everybody takes the opportunity to trash talk Brett. But they don't do it with Christina. And so far, Christina has done more questionable things, I think, than even Brett. Anyway, well, just maybe a note from Unfiltered. I mean, she's not even on Unfiltered. So maybe they're like, we're not, he who shall not be named. Well, to that extent, I don't know. <laughs> Brett's but, only uh, been on one time on Unfiltered, and he hasn't been back in weeks. Who? Brett, he's only been on one time. Ah, maybe twice, but I want to say just one time. Maybe he's like, getting punished for writing a Reddit. so Amani asks what happens with the gifts when you get married and again Petty Brett we find out that he didn't take the scotch glasses that she got him he told her I have glasses just say thank you and donate it like why is he so mean I don't know (laughs) this is the type of stuff where you're like maybe you deserve this scumbag edit and the fact that none of your castmates seem to like you yeah but I don't know. I think this is a side to Brett. Like, again, I'm not going to say he's not a dick, but it's all a defense mechanism that he needs to sort his shit, though. But, yeah. But, yeah, that was it with Olivia. So, in continuing Amani and Woody's roles as, as substitute counselors for our cast members, Henry meets up with Woody before they head out to go on the trip. And he says, you know, Christina hasn't been in the apartment a lot. She accused me of a couple big things. <laughs> and he tells Woody about the, um, you know, I'm sleeping with a man while I'm going on walks to get groceries. And he goes back to the dishonesty. He caught her off guard when he called her dishonest. He described the whole situation as a Hail Mary. Just like unfiltered. I think he practices what he says. Because when you were saying what he said in unfiltered, it was exactly what he said in the episode, like word for word. But I did wonder why they chose Woody over Bennett. Because remember he and Bennett had a conversation about it. At the beer garden. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they got Woody. But Woody's facial expressions, I think that was hilarious. Gold. This whole episode, actually. (laughs) This whole episode, yeah. (laughs) And then they flashed back to last week. I'm like, did you guys need to fill some stuff in? Like, we didn't forget what happened last week. Thank you. So Henry accused her of being dishonest. And so she followed it up with a grand slam. Granted, she had a few drinks, he says. Um, she starts going on about why I am the way I am, starts suggesting things, things like I I was gay. And then Woody's face when he said that, she dropped a <laughs> missile on you. <laughs> <laughs> and then Henry's like, well, that was basically confirmation of, of every red flag I've ever seen or every thought that I had about her. And then they flash back to a scene from 11 weeks ago that we haven't seen before. Because Henry said he wasn't too surprised because Christina said, I used to be a big flamboyant liar. Mm-hmm. Maya Angelou said it. When people tell you who they are, believe them. First time. Yep. <laughs> and she did say she still likes the dramatics. That is just downright bizarre. Like, how can you tell someone I used to make up big lies during my crazy relationship to hurt? We would do that to hurt each other. I think the more we get into the episode and the more we see all of Christina's responses all episode, she is awkward. 
she just says things. I don't think she necessarily even means or knows what she's saying. She just says things, and I'm looking like, what did you just say? I know. This so, whole episode, every time she started to talk, I would, like, cringe inside. Yes, she was so cringy. So, yeah, when she says that, she's just making conversation, but she doesn't realize what she's actually saying. Like, how do you tell a, your husband that's a stranger at first go, like, yeah, I'm a big flamboyant liar. So easily, too. No shame, no shyness, nothing. <laughs> just, yeah, and I still like the dramatics, by the way. <laughs> To say that your moral compass must be off because you don't understand how terrible it is what you're saying. Yep. Henry predicts that they will go on the retreat and Christina will pretend like things are fine to save face. <laughs> Can I just say that it's hilarious that Henry knows her to a T? He's been living with her for four months say. now. <laughs> everything he says, he's just like on the nose with her. <laughs> and Woody says, what is happening? Oh, I love Woody and Imani. I love Woody because that is the correct response. What is happening? And then Henry says that my marriage is spiraling out of control, which begs the question, why are you still here? A part of me was like, maybe it's that they have been quarantined now for two months or however long it's been. They get a free trip to the woods. Might as well. Like, I can't think of any other reason why to go on this trip. Well, I mean, we know Henry's reason. He says he's signed up for it. Let me just make it to the end. And, you know, that doesn't make sense still. Because, again, you would think that Brett leaving would be encouraging. Like, okay, let's just leave. But he's dedicated to doing it. But I just don't understand what is going on with Christina. She did not apologize. Not that we saw, no. She flat out told us, like, yeah, I was angry. I just wanted to throw something out there. But you did not. That was a huge thing to attack someone, you know, and then throw false accusations. Like, what kind of person is that? Like you said, moral compass, broken. Actually, not in possession. (laughs) (laughs) So then we are treated to a scene of them packing their stuff. You know, it's mostly them talking to the camera, not talking to each other. We just kind of watched them put things in bags. Mm-hmm. And she said, oh, I didn't think he was gay. <laughs> he wants me to look like a lying, shitty person. No, you said you were a lying, shitty person. And you showed you were a lying, <laughs> she- shitty person. You don't need no help from him. She said, I brought it out of anger to get to get back at him we were communicating and then she says she's over the whole thing then why are you going on this trip so henry says you know it's her way of confirming to herself that he you know he's not into her and that would sum up like why they struggle and his lack of attraction and she says she can't find the text (laughs) that's hard to believe and he says that when she's flustered she throws mud at a wall to see what sticks so then they go down there and uh you know, they pick out rooms for the ca- in the cabin. And Henry says, as predicted, she's acting like everything is normal. Okay, so then, you know, we get a big group scene of everybody arriving at the cabin. Um, you know, making dinner. Woody gives Henry a nickname. They talk about Miles being a good dishwasher. Amelia thinks it's great that Amani and Woody seem to have just fallen in love. Woody says in response to something I think Karen or Miles says, that's, that is hella deep. And that made me laugh because, like... That's Amani's phrase that he has, I guess, picked up. Speaking of awkwardness, Henry pipes in with like, Brett and Olivia aren't here with us this weekend. What are your thoughts on that? And everybody's laughs about how it sounds like they died. <laughs> I, I think it was so funny that the uh, the producers thought that they should use Henry as a conversation starter. 
of all the people that were sitting there. And then Christina starts with her first of many just like awkward words coming out of her mouth. So she starts talking about how, you know, she felt that he wasn't here for the right reasons from the beginning, which, you know, I will give her credit for that because she did call it very early. But then Christina starts crying. What did you think of that? I just thought it was awkward and I can't wait. Listen, everyone at the table was me. Like the eye rolls, everyone trying not to laugh. Like what the hell is going on? She said she's missing out on eating the fish, for God's sakes. What the fuck? <laughs> she, that was one of the funniest parts. Yeah. And, and she, was really... like, she should be here with us. Like yeah. if she had married such an asshole, she'd be here eating this fish. I mean, you're an asshole and you guys are still here. Like, I mean, it has nothing to do with that. It was just the irony of not being self-aware or knowing, you know, who you are and just, I don't know. But Woody's face again is all of us, his commentary, everything. Bennett gives Christina a tissue for her crying. And Woody says, maybe you need to pay a little bit of attention to yourself, to us. <laughs> you guys have your own problems is what Woody says. And then Bennett lets everybody know that we ha- they have sex and everybody laughs. And then Bennett brings up that they went to Virginia to get start getting settled. Yeah, I thought that was cool that they've already taken steps because um, they just found out last episode. So I was wondering how long between last episode and this one. This is the math I was trying to do. I felt like they shot all that stuff for last episode. How long had they been quarantined at that point? Six weeks? So I think it had been... But they found out pretty early in quarantine that she was going to Virginia. Yeah. I just don't know when they went on the... Yeah. I just don't know. I don't know what the time or anything is. Because now they've changed the countdown to how many days left. So now it's 12 days to decision day. So then they have this whole conversation about how they're in uncharted territory with the timeline you just mentioned. And Christina's like, married at first sight history, and Woody is still giving side eye. (laughs) So before leaving to come on the trip, Karen and Miles were a little bit hesitant to come. I think before they left, Karen was the one who they kind of showed being hesitant. But then once they got there, Miles brought up that he had been hesitant to come because of all of the attention now being focused on racial injustice and how intimately and profoundly it was affecting both Miles and Karen and how difficult it is to process through those feelings and like show up and shoot a television show and have a good time with people when that's not how you're feeling. And then Christina pops in with some more awkwardness and crying. Did you understand what she said? Uh, No, she just was pulling out words because she knew, I guess, that you're supposed to push out words. And, And her whole shtick was like, Oh, you know, basically, this is, I'm going to give a note to our listeners. This what, I, what Christina said was not the correct reaction. If someone says to you, something causes me immense pain, can you tell me how it's helpful for you to pipe in that, you know, you just wouldn't have thought of that because it's not your problem, basically? I don't think that's like, I think her intention was to try to acknowledge what he was saying, but she did it very terribly, to be honest. Yeah, and for the listeners, just in case, she said, it's sad that we wouldn't have to say anything like that because we haven't, I mean, it's crazy. How is that the first thing you think to say to someone who just poured their heart out at you about their experience? And you know, I will say this though, I'll give her this. There's not a whole lot great that you can say to that. And I don't know what other people said. I'm sure they edited it out because I doubt Christina was the only person who said something. Yeah. I hope not. Um, but I guess just because we're on this topic, like, what do you think would be a good thing to say? Thank you for sharing. 
I mean, like, keep it short. Like, you know, it's it's the same thing as, like, and I get it. For something like this, it's the same thing as maybe, like, when someone's grieving. There's no right words, per se. So I'm not faulting her for that. But they're absolutely wrong words. And if you don't know what to say, just keep it simple and keep it short. Thank you for sharing, you know, something according to, like, you know, you thank you for still coming out here and hanging out with us. I hope you do feel better. And I hope, you know, things get resolved. Something, but not, it's so sad that we can't say anything like that. It would be like, if just to help people out, because I know it's a very difficult topic for people sometimes to understand. Yeah. If someone comes out and says, it was hard for me to come on this trip this weekend because my dad died. The correct response isn't, you know, I wouldn't have thought about that because my dad isn't dead. Just to help y'all out. Uh, um, and Karen, in response to what Miles said, Karen said that she was surprised that he was so open and honest with the group. And she appreciated it and respected it a lot. And it's not always easy to do. And I give props to Miles for that too. Um, I think we're entering a new age where sometimes we've like gone to places or been places and not said anything to make sure everybody else gets to be comfortable. And I think, for me personally, that era is kind of over in life. Yeah. So, how did anything else happen to dinner? I think Bennett just saying that they're living in a pressure cooker, so everything would be elevated. And everyone's trying to, in a different way, trying to get Christina and Henry to speak. Um, I think they speak a little bit about um, Brett and Olivia. And just the whole experiment. And then Woody just says, can you... Like, the whole thing about them staying for this longer period of time forces you to genuinely ask yourself, can you consistently stay with this person for the rest of your life? Not just for the experiments. But other than that, that was it. Oh, I would say the one thing that stuck out to me, because you know, when there's a scene where Henry comes out and Miles calls him hen dog, and Henry is like, what's up? And then Miles <laughs> is like, wait, do people really call you that? He's like, no. And everyone just kind of laughs. I just thought it was a sweet moment. And Henry is like, well, I get called Enrique or Henri or Age. And it was just a thing to me because Age knows because I texted her. I was surprised. I just found out that Henry's last name is Rodriguez. So when he was like, so in context, when he said Enrique, it just kind of, I put the two together. So for me, it was just like a ah moment and it made me laugh. And it just, it would just have good joy in that scene for me. They really, like these people really seem to enjoy each other's company. Yes. It's not awkward when they hang out. Another like little tidbit about Henry's kind of background. So his family is like multi-generations in uh, New Orleans area. And I think like his ancestry um, dates back to like the Spanish who came to New Orleans in like the 1600s or something, like a long, long time ago. So that's probably, and then I'm sure the Henri comes from like the French influence in New Orleans. So all of his little nicknames are reflective of all the different cultures that, that are mm -hmm. present in the, in the area. So that was, that was funny. Yeah, it was. So we move on to the breakfast. Oh, for some reason, all the couples are at breakfast except Amelia and Bennett. And Henry asks them again, he's the conversation driver. This is just so funny to me that Henry is the person that drives the conversation and he asked them what do they think of Bennett and Amelia now that they're doing more than smooching if you remember that those are Bennett's words always saying we smooch every now and then <laughs> or whatever Amani says she's glad that they're moving to Virginia and Christina is like yeah I don't think I can do that 
And <laughs> Amani turns to Henry and is like, so what do you have to share? And he's just avoiding a avo- Henry can be such a coward. I, I, <laughs> I say that with all of my heart. Like he can be such a coward. He's like, um, let me go fill up my plate. And it's like, Christina, why don't you answer that? Amani, who should again have Jamie's job? <laughs> I am not propagating for this guy's. I am. But Amani says, no, I asked you. I want you to answer the question. She's like, he's in everybody else's business, but he doesn't want to share his business. <laughs> I was like, I love when people get a good call out. So she's like, well, I mean, in this kind of situation, you guys have to imagine Henry saying this with a lot of um, um, and a lot of hemming and hawing. He's like, you hope to be successful, but that has not gone according to plan. <laughs> It's like, it's been good, it's been not so good, but I committed to seeing it through. Again, the same thing. It's like, when you were saying anything from Unfiltered, I was like, what? He sat in his mirror and memorized this? But (laughs) that is what he said. And then they asked Christina, um, what have you learned um, through this process? She's like, I've learned that what I want want long-term, and I want to be with someone who wants me. And I'm like, if you know what you want long-term, and you want to be with someone who wants you, why are you still here? You understand that someone wanting to be with you is the bare minimum of a relationship. <laughs> she hasn't learned that's anything. That's not something you should actually be looking for. That That's like saying, like, I hope my house has a bed for me to sleep on. Like, you would hope that any house you live in has a bed for you to sleep on. It's like other features are going to have to come into play here. Yep. But then she ends it by saying that, yeah, that even though things are awkward between Henry and I, there is potential. I'm going to stop hitting my head on the wall with this potential thing because I, I don't know where they're going with that. Woody's just like, man, that's so hard to live with, to function on hope that he doesn't know if he could do that. Although Amani interjects and she's like, we're living on hope. We don't know. I think Amani just always likes busting Woody's chops. Like, don't get so confident, mister. Hold on a second. But uh, she was wrong for that, though, because Woody has a right to feel confident. Those two jokers. <laughs> But I think what you were trying to say was like, if anyone else said, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. I was going to say, if anyone else said the same thing, it would be like, yeah, like in this experiment, it's all hope. We're all hoping because we didn't date and we don't know each other. We're just hoping that we each, you know, turn out to be what we want. But in the context of Christina and Henry, it's like, yo, bruh, that's (laughs) going out the window. Because when she said she didn't want to throw in the towel, like, again, Woody gave the best commentary this episode, he says, Christina keeps saying she doesn't want to throw in the towel. And bra, it's already on the floor, soaking <laughs> wet. It's thrown. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's like, and I can't do, the, you can't see the facial expressions, but when you add that with the commentary, it was the absolute, absolute best. But he basically tells them, move on, guys. I, I just don't know why everyone's being PC about this, but... <sighs> Yeah, that's what we I, I think for a few weeks, they gave Christina and Henry a break from having their own version of clown music, but they brought it back for this episode. Every time Christina or Henry is speaking, they play this music that is clearly like these two are a joke. <laughs> it's like, you sound dumb, dumb. <laughs> so later on in the day, there's um, a little separation. The girls goes off, the guy goes off. So we start with the girls. It's Amelia, Christina, and Amani. So who did we... Oh, we dropped Karen. Why do you the, think she was missing? I'm assuming this was during the time when Karen and Miles were shooting. Well, no, because yeah, they did those little like one-on-one things. So I think sometimes the, the other couple will go do their one-on-one thing. We, no, but Miles was in the guy one. 
Okay, I don't know. Who knows? I just didn't understand why they were missing one person for each. But yeah. So we continue with the Christina and Henry clown theme because it's like they go to these group sessions and act like they're the same as the other couples and they're not. They're a mess. <laughs> so um, Christina asks, like, what sacrifices have you had to make, to, you know, to, to be in this relationship? And Amelia says it's a huge sacrifice for Bennett to come with her. Amani talks about how she and Woody are on the same page. They both want kids. They want careers. They want to buy a house. And so because they have those big goals that they're trying to accomplish and they're in agreement with them, they don't sweat the small stuff. And Christina starts talking some nonsense about how Henry needs to be more direct sometimes. Is that probably true? Yes. But it's very difficult to watch Christina and Henry answer these questions and talk about these things when we all know they should not be here together. Yeah. And they know it too. And then Amani asked Christina if she feels like they're being honest with each other. I was like, Amani knows about this gay thing. Her and Woody talk. (laughs) (laughs) And Christina starts talking about her life is crazy. And he was uncomfortable with some stuff. And it built, it just felt like nonsense. Did it feel like nonsense? Yeah, it did. Half the time I'm like, what are you saying? That's why I was like, this episode to me, everything she said just seemed like an act. Nothing came across as this is actually what I'm feeling. It's like you're thinking before you speak, but then you still, you still sound stupid. So I don't know if you thought. She felt, Christina says she feels like she had to explain things from day one now. And she wishes that she would have let her decide if she wanted to give her all. I don't know what she's talking about. Amani says she doesn't know what to say. She's confused by both of them. Join the club, girl. Yeah. Um, why not be honest? Christina doesn't think Henry is wrong for her. What, like, what is she talking about? Anyway, um, when he does open up, it's fun. Those glimpses. And then they edited in this line to make her look even more crazy than she already looked. Maybe something will happen. I swear to God, she said that eight weeks ago, and they just slipped that, slipped that in there. <laughs> but we did hear her say we're at a better place, which makes me happy. What does that? No, you, you just that. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm like you called the man gay a few days ago. <laughs> How are you at a better place? <laughs> <laughs> but um, the guys do have a similar get together, and it's all the guys except Woody, which is so shocking to me. Like, that's the last person that you think you'd want to leave out. But then Bennett says he feels good about the move and it's a weird time to move. But, you know, it'll probably hit him when things settle. Miles says that he admires him for doing that. And he wonders, like, if he had to make that move at this time, will he do it? And Miles gives a definitive, nope, I won't be able to do it. Miles asks Henry if he has clarity and henry brings up the dishonesty thing again and honestly at this point i feel like miles just um henry just swapped out the rude thing for dishonesty because that's all he's been pattern of dishonesty is all he's been chirping about henry says i really just don't want drama and i want to enjoy it and it's just a little irritating i get it that he doesn't want drama i think henry already knows i think henry's mindset is we're not going to be together i said we're going to do it to the end What is the point of going through all this? But again, it's just frustrating as a viewer and as a participant to keep watching this. You're saying pattern of dishonesty, but you are kind of being dishonest in a way by not saying something. Does that make sense? So I'm just like, we hear the same thing and he's just like, oh, I'm just trying to stay here. But anyways, Henry says he doesn't want drama. He wants to enjoy it. Bennett is just like, he tells us, Bennett is like, everything he's saying is confusing. 
I don't know what he's saying. It's contradictory. I don't know what's happening because, again, Henry's saying all this thing, and I don't know if he's protecting Christina. He does not mention the gay thing. So it does sound like he's going, oh, maybe that's why they don't have Woody because he knows about mm -hmm. it. So if you put him there, it will be hard for him not to be like, well, my man's, you know, she called him gay. So <laughs> I, so he's just going around and around. So honestly, I can understand how Bennett, Miles probably knows from Woody, and Bennett's just like, well, you know what? I don't care about you guys. I have my own issues, so, you know, whatever. But honestly, you know, shame on the experts for not stepping in. I know they said they stepped in, but that was a huge accusation. I'm sorry. I think it should have been handled on a bigger, like, we don't stand for this. You can't just wake up and say I was angry and that's it. Because Henry is the kind of person he is, it's not being a big deal, but it kind of is a big deal, but whatever. But this is kind of where the show goes from being like something serious to a mockery. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. I agree. So Miles says at this point, you know, he just doesn't know where he stands with Karen and he doesn't know if he wants to spend the rest of his life with her. What do you think about that? Um, we'll discuss more of their story later, but this is a very, I don't, okay, maybe that's exaggerating. This is a pretty bad episode for Karen and Miles. They don't look like they're on a good track. I mean, it's, the, it's you know, one off, one on. We get this all every other week. One week, Next hope. week, they look like they're in love. Yeah, so next week, I guess, will be hope, so, yeah. But yeah, that's all I had for the guys group. Was anything else noteworthy that you had? No, I was just glad, I feel like Miles has done some sort of 180 flip. Mm-hmm. Where he's like starting from recommitment day, he's just putting it out there that this is not going to work. Because he's a human being. Everyone has a breaking point. I don't care how nice you are or how whatever you are, because you can kind of, Harry's still a coward, but Harry also has reached his breaking point. His is just like, I'm just going to make it to the end, get my stipend, and move on with my life. <laughs> I hope he buys something nice for this stipend. I, thought, I hope Christina does too for suffering through this. Maybe get an apartment. <laughs> So Christina and Henry go on this one-on-one, -on -one, I guess, date where they write letters to their younger selves. So Christina's letter is um, like, shocking you made it to 30. Watch out for things and people that you choose to invest time in. Don't take things personally. Um, and then she starts crying and I'm like, oh, stop it. And so Henry asked her what influenced that letter. And she says, I felt lost in my 20s. And it's very hard talking to her younger self. <laughs> okay. Why is she shocked that she made it to 30 alive and well? Did I miss something? She thought she was going to die young? I, I don't know. I'm, maybe it's something very serious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe something. Okay, I was like, maybe something, you know, whatever. Because I was just like, she started like, this might be shocking to you, but you made it to 30 alive and well. I'm like, oh, okay, that's dark. But can I say that I feel that Christina has now this habit of weaponizing her tears. She started that last week with Henry when he was calling her dishonest about the walk. She started crying. Then she cried when the couples were together about Olivia not being there to eat fish with them. And then she's crying now, you know, with the letters, like, you know, it's been so hard. And I'm like, you know, when someone cries wolf all the time, then you don't take them seriously anymore. So now I have no reaction to the tears anymore they don't seem genuine or real to me they have happened four times and we're not even halfway through the episode <laughs> so and her whole letter was just a huge sub to henry 
that's how I felt. Everything was pinpointing things that maybe have happened that she's like, you know, you should want this and you're going to have this. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm tired of these people. I actually yes, am sick of Kristen and Henry. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out at what point she just suddenly stopped crying. I don't know if it was when Henry was reading his letter or something he asked her and suddenly she just wasn't crying anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Henry just wrote some joke letter to himself. What did he say again? I don't remember. I didn't take it. I didn't write it down. It wasn't noteworthy, so. <sighs> was that the end of them as individuals in this episode? Yeah. I think she made a comment like she wanted him to speak more about. So, oh, I remember what Henry's letter was about. He was talking about expectations. He was talking about you be expecting flying jets and water cars, but it's not. It's completely different. And then she was just like, huh? What is your letter about? It made sense to me, funny enough, because again, Harry doesn't care about her. That letter was not going to be anything about her or anything. So I don't know why she still has expectations. But he's just saying, like, as a human being, sometimes you have expectations and it's not the end of the world if you don't, you know, if you don't meet those expectations. Like, everyone is like, by this age, I have to do this. And coming from someone who had a heart attack, I can understand that. Like, you know, and, you know, he had expectations. Again, he was also a sub. He had expectations for this marriage. He didn't meet, and it's not the end of the world. Then leave. But then Christina made a comment saying, I didn't understand. You keep on saying that he's a sub. What are you talking? What does that mean? Oh, I forget that some people are not on Twitter. (laughs) Sometimes it's an indirect message. Um, When you, let's say someone does something to you, and you think what they did was silly, and then you go write a tweet or something, and you're like, Oh, sometimes people who buy cars, they're just new money. They don't realize that they're gaudy. Instead of actually saying, hey, you, you did this. So we call it a sub. Does that make sense? It makes sense. It describes Henry very well. Yes, it's passive aggressive indirectness. Someone does something to you or someone breaks your heart and then you go get lyrics that match up and you type (laughs) the lyrics and you say, guys, that do this. So yeah, my bad, guys. So yeah, that's what I mean by sub. But Christina was like, I don't understand Henry's letter. That was such a Henry letter. I was so confused. I was like, but Christina's letter was such a Christina letter too. So Henry just wrote a letter for fun. Like I, I'm sure there was an expectation that this letter you're supposed to learn something. You're supposed. He was just like, you guys told me to write a letter. Let me write some stuff down, read it, and move on with my life. It has nothing to do with their relationship. I think he kind of did. I kind of got his angle. Funny enough, I also see how she could think it was off. But I did. It was just expectations. Like, you had expectations that this would work. It's not going to work. And he wrote it based on... They did say write it to your younger self. And he wrote to his younger self, like, you know, don't be so fixated on expectations. Like, you think you're going to accomplish something at a certain age, you know, and you don't. It's not the end of the world. So you thought this wedding was going to be all great and stuff or marriage. It's not. It's not the end of the world. We can still go our separate ways. They're still doing that power struggle of who's going to call it off first. <laughs> we move on to Karen and Miles. Um, did you catch in the beginning when they were showing uh, round robbing of all the couples that Woody was visiting Karen and Miles? I did not catch that. 
Oh, yeah, they were sitting, Woody and Miles were sitting on the couch, and Karen walked in and all that, so it was just really quick. But anyways, Karen uh, is talking enough, to... They kept on referencing how good it was to see each other. I'm like, you guys are in the same building. You haven't seen each other. Oh, quarantine. I mean, people like Christina are still taking walks, and people are going to work and all that, so maybe they weren't in each other's space. I would... Well, I mean, I don't expect everybody to see each other, but I would think, like, Woody and Miles, you guys are best friends. You live in the same building. You guys are going to go see each other. Yeah, but Karen goes to work and medical, something, something, something. Okay. It depends on the level of quarantining, I guess. So, Karen says she's excited but nervous about going to the cabin. And she also mentioned the racial injustice. And I think I'm glad that they mentioned it because, honestly, I don't think the old Married at First Sight would put that in at all. I almost fell out of my chair the first time she mentioned it. I was like, an acknowledgement of the world outside of the bubble of these marriages? I have watched so many seasons of the show. I don't think that's ever happened before. Yes. So, you know, sometimes when people say maybe change isn't occurring, it could be the littlest things. Um, For us as Black people, we do notice it. Because I am noticing, for a show such as Big Brother that has its own issues this season, they have mentioned a lot of, you know, the racial injustice that's going on. Not just um, for Black people, but for minorities, because... They had a contestant that was from the Middle East and he's Muslim, just talking about stuff like that. So I do appreciate them acknowledging that. So she says that um, going to the cabin was a stretch because she wants to unplug. Her job was very stressful. She went through a lot. And if it was left to her, she would have downtime alone. But, you know, the cabin will be fun and she'll be a trooper. So Karen and Miles get there first. And he actually goes to open the door for her. But then she's trying to unlock the door and then locks the door by accident. And eight, I think that sums up their relationship. <laughs> he's like, trying to just be nice, just trying to get there and do the right thing. She's trying to let him in, but it's not working. And then she locks it. And then they're like, he's like, I'm trying to open the door for you. She's like, no, I was trying to get there. And I was like, yeah, this, this, this is it <laughs> right here. So <laughs> this is what it was. So Karen tells us that she's been overwhelmed with her hours and physical intimacy is still something that she's struggling with. Um, Like Aid mentioned earlier, some of the couples break out to do things on their own. Karen and Miles are one of them. And I swear I've learned a lot of activities on this show. They're playing ladder golf. Again, something I'd never heard of before. But it's kind of like, how do I describe this? Honestly, I don't know how to describe it. They it's throw like horseshoes where you throw something, but you have two balls that have string in between them. And then they're on like a ladder-like structure and you throw the balls and try to get the strings to wrap around the ladder so that you can get points. I, I, that's the best way I can describe it. Yeah. So they're playing ladder golf and I truly, truly enjoy watching Karen beat Miles at anything, just like that the gym. So Karen is whooping his ass. And again, I found out that I do like him calling her a killer. I love that name. (laughs) (laughs) I love that name. (laughs) So he asked her how she feels about decision day and what she would need. She says um, she needs that authentic combo, but that they're already having it that, you know, um, in the past. And continuous, I think she was just trying to make it seem like, I'm not saying that we don't have authentic combo, like we're having authentic combo and, you know, I'm enjoying that. I don't know, I understood Miles' answer. He said, I always thought clarity was important, but it's a hard balance between being patient and clarity on, de- on decision day. What does that mean? Word salad. Ah! 
Because I'm like, what? Clarity? So, yeah, that didn't make sense to me. But Miles tells us that three, four months and still no hug or kiss unsolicited is tough for him. Honestly, I can't blame you. And it's easy to say that Miles is just talking about sex, but I don't even really think that. He's not. He's an affectionate person. He said that from jump. He hasn't hidden that. And to me, three, four months, and you're still not on your own wanting to kiss or touch your husband. You don't want this man. Stop. It was during this conversation that I I lost all hope for the two of them. Yeah. It's, because like, you're right. You're not touching at all. Yes. Yeah. So I, I, I always, anytime I think of slow couples, I always think of... Jamie and Doug and I know they didn't have sex until off the thing off the show but uh, they still kissed there was still some kind of affection like again it's not all about sex it's just feeling wanted like Miles said last time so you know I feel for Miles but she asked him if he's nervous and he says not quite but she says that she is not quite sure what she's nervous about but I think just with this episode I feel like I I think they're friend zoned. I think that's the best way I can put it. And there is no way, you know, Miles has talked about a few things he needs from Karen, yeah. but he has actually talked about the physical affection part from, from the end of the honeymoon. That was the conversation that they had right before they left the honeymoon. Yeah. He has told her what he needs here. And in three, four months, she has not provided. Yeah. Is that sound bad saying someone, but it's true, right? Yeah. And again, we're not talking about sex, guys, because again, just, everyone should go at their pace, you know, when it comes to sex. And I think Miles has accepted that he's just talking about holding hands, kissing, hugging and all that kind of stuff. Because if you watch them, he's the one always and it almost always feels because she's kind of not cringing, but she's always kind of like stiffening up when he puts it. So you don't want to. Do you remember when Brett told Dr. Viviana there's a difference between what was he said? Being wanted, wanting to, and something to that regard. And, oh, I'll take it if you give it to me. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, and that's all, you know, Miles wants. In the middle of this, Miles and Woody are talking about it, and Woody's just not having, Woody's the wrong person to talk to her about this conversation. He's not the Woody's wrong person, just, because he's telling the truth. No, he is, but in terms of, like, you know how... When you have an issue, you kind of know what friend you're going to go to to say, to tell you what you want to hear. And if you're complaining about sex, Woody's wrong. Woody's like, he, he just kept He's saying, like, bro, I can't do this. <laughs> it could be me, dog. <laughs> and he just kept saying that. But the one thing I did disagree with Woody was, was like, bro, she didn't give you no timeline. You can't create a timeline on when you're going to, which is why I don't want to put the emphasis on sex. It's all about just showing that you are attracted to this person, a touch on the arm, a hug from behind, putting my leg over you. That's all he's saying. If you're still, you know, hesitant to go that route, then clearly you're not attracted. How much more are you on lockdown? And Miles does say this. Miles is like, we're on the same bed. She's cute. And every time Miles tries to keep you respectful, sometimes he's not trying to make, take it all the way there. Woody stares it right back to the bro. <laughs> you know, how do you know if everything's going? The sex is trash, bro. What do you do? What are you going to do? So I felt for him because he kind of was validating or feeding into the doubts that Miles has. And Miles was like, if I don't know how that's like um, at this point and before we get to D-Day, 
I don't know that I can stay with them. Like Miles is the one person I actually do feel is conflicted because they do laugh. They do have a lot of laughs. They do have a lot of jokes. They have you fun know? together. Yeah. But it's just at the end of the day, it's not friendship at first sight. It's, amen, sister. So, yeah. So, yeah. I didn't think anything noteworthy was of them. A lot of their scenes were with the group, so. All right. Amelia and Bennett. Bennett says so much has happened, but he's looking forward to chilling in the forest. (laughs) (laughs) He said the forest. Amelia fell asleep with a tattered book on her face. Set up. so weird to me. How do you fall asleep with a book on your face? Only in the movies. They set that up. You think it was a setup? I only think it was a setup. I didn't believe for one second. The book might, here's the thing. You might fall asleep with the book on your face, but during the course of the night, the book is falling off your face. So set up. Maybe she woke up. I don't know. Whatever. But Bennett tells her that she was singing in her sleep and he tried to do the warm while she was singing. And naturally, I would if my husband told me that, I'd be like, boy, bye. That's it. And She's he like, didn't try to do the worm while she was asleep. He was just making her laugh. He said, I think he did, honestly. The fact that she was even singing in her sleep. I know people talking in their sleep. I've never heard of singing in their sleep. That's very interesting to me. So she goes, oh, show me. Show me how you did the worm. And then he's wearing this damn nightdress. I would have cut those things to pieces <laughs> by now. I'm sick of it. <laughs> It would have made its way into the trash in pieces, not even whole, to make sure that it was never seen in your house again. Mm-hmm. So he comes around, and dear listeners, I don't know how to describe what happens next. Then it drops to the floor, and depending on what angle or what you're looking at, it either sounded like a weak-armed person trying to do push-ups because he's groaning and making weird noises, <laughs> <laughs> or it's a convulsing man having sex. I don't know either way. Either way, he wasn't even moving. He was just in the same spot on the floor. Last I knew in the war, you're moving forward. So I don't even know why they included this scene, if I'm being very honest. because To make us laugh, because that's what they, uh, I mean. But you know what? Bennett doing the worm, I'm like, dude, I don't think you have, I don't think you can do a push-up. And you know, you need more upper body strength to do the worm like yeah. than what Bennett may have. Your core has to be strong. <laughs> so, anyway. Bicycling like, isn't going to do it for you, you know? <laughs> like we said, we told them to write, they told them to write letters to their younger selves. I'm not quite sure why only Amelia and Bennett and Christina and Henry had to write the letters. But they were the only two who had to do the letters. And they ask a question, um... Bennett asked Amelia, would you use blue or black ink? And the only reason I point this out is, like, I would never buy blue ink on my own. It's a thing for me. I only possess black ink. I don't like blue ink. I don't like writing in blue ink. Blue ink is, like, last resort. Blue ink is for signing original documents. (laughs) Um, Something I learned. That's how you can tell a document is original instead of a copy is if you sign it in blue ink. That's the only use I can think of for a blue ink <laughs> pen. And if you ever um, buy a house, when you go to the title office, there are a lot of blue ink pens because you have to sign a lot of stuff and you got to sign it all in blue. Ah, good to know. Um, they're writing their letter. I really loved Amelia's letter. She wrote it to her 10-year-old self. She referenced Bennett. And then we have Bennett's letter. 
Bennett is writing to his nine-year-old self. He waxes poetic about a time in his life and Amelia just smiles big because she's so sure it's going to be about her. And he turns out that he's talking about a Pokemon card. And he goes on and on. But you know what? He said he gave this card to his best friend who said he wanted to play with it. He never gave it back to him. And now in 2020, the card is worth $20,000. And, you know, I felt his pain. Not the right moment, but I understand. Like, you tell yourself that. But what got me was that he said that this $20,000 is more than he makes in a year. That is so deep to me. I don't think they've ever even pulled out a number of what someone actually makes on this show. But yeah, that was that was something. You know, I've, <sighs> Amelia got upset a little yes. bit because she said that it didn't relate back to them. But as we talked about last week, you know, I got mind on my money and money on my mind is like Bennett's thing these days. Yeah. And he I ties think, it go, back to them. I think I, it going to Virginia, checking out places, things are starting to dawn on Bennett about his life so far mm-hmm. and the person who he is partnered with. And the idea that he could have had 20K right now is really bothering him. (laughs) They did say to your younger self, and they always say the trauma you carry as an adult is because it's where you're trapped as a little boy or a little girl. So that's where he's at right now. But yeah, like Aid said, she mentions that, you know, she hoped that it would be about her. But I'm actually quite proud of her that she actually said it. She didn't smile it away or laugh it away. She told him, like, I was hoping you would say something about me. And then I'm also proud of him because he stood his ground. He's like, I didn't see a need to mention it. <laughs> I didn't see a need to mention it. Because, you know, I don't know how much leverage he's going to pull for moving to her. But if this guy is willing to move for you, doesn't tell you how he feels about you, I don't know what else could be. So, you know... He's like, um, yeah, so once again, I'm glad she felt some type of way and I'm glad she said it, but, you know, they talk about how are you going to love me less when we move to Virginia and then they're like, they ended up with only time would tell if feelings would change because it is true. I think they're going to have the hugest change in terms of actually facing, I don't know, I was pretty shook by this less than $20,000 a year thing, but, I mean, she said before she doesn't care, I think, But they're also not going to spend as much time together. He's going to be rediscovering himself in Virginia. And, I mean, who knows? Bennett might just be selling something on Instagram next year. I don't know. You know what? I feel pretty certain that that will not be the case. Ah! I I have such high hopes for him. I think he is going to be successful. I think Virginia is going to make him find some career path or whatever it is he's been searching for. But in terms of the other thing, like she's going to be working a lot more. They're not going to be together, but he doesn't seem like a mouse, for instance, who needs all that attention. He'll pretty much, you know, keep himself busy some way or the other. Um, but it'll be interesting. The dynamics of, you know, house health, housework. Remember when she said, I'm the one that's working. I don't know how this is going to fly with us doing this chores. So It'll be very interesting to see what their life is like um, afterwards. I so, know you talk a lot about how you would love to see Woody and Amani on Couples Cam, but I would actually prefer to see these two on Couples Cam. Really? I, I would love to see what's going to happen with them. What is he going to do when they move? 
how are they going to adapt their lives to like him possibly being a house husband type while still trying to figure out a career? I'm yeah. very interested in what's going to happen to them. And I'm also like not even, I mean, they're making plans to move. I get that they're going to spend the next two weeks trying to convince us that something's going to happen on decision day, but it's not going to happen. They're moving. They're in it. Yeah. I agree. I agree. But yeah, you're right. I am curious to see what their life is going to be um, moving. But, you know, the more they talked about it, the more I'm realizing that, you know, what Bennett is doing for Amelia, it really is a huge thing. It really is a huge thing to just pack up and decide because he does have his family here. And for a lot of people, being away from their family is a huge, huge deal. And it's all that she's known. And then most of them in the cast have said, I don't know if I'll do that. So, you know, I hope he really, really works out for them. Then they go to couples game night, their final night on this retreat, which probably the whole thing probably lasted like a day and a half. Um, <laughs> the The game was called Stranger Spouse. They seem to use the theme of Stranger Things. Okay. I have didn't make it through a whole season of Stranger Things. Um, Woody, it's kind of like a trivia game. I guess each couple came up with their own questions. And Woody is convinced that he and Imani are the best couple and he's sure they're going to win Blah, 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 blah. Henry and Christina start off strong. And Henry says, that's one point that I more than I thought we were going to get. Like, <laughs> okay. Um, Bennett and Amelia ask strange questions like, do you crumple up, does your partner crumple up their toilet paper or fold it? There were lots of wrong question, answers to that question. It was a game. Karen and Miles won the game. Apparently they know each other very well. Of course they did. They're besties, not married. <laughs> <laughs> not surprised <laughs> it was very funny because for this is like such a weird callback but if you remember Amelia had a friend the friend who she met up with a couple weeks ago yes yes sorry and when they were doing the celebrity crush she had that listed as yes. Bennett's celebrity crush yes I think I, that was strange. I thought that was strange too, but I was just with Woody. Where Woody was like, "I don't know who either of these two people that you guys wrote down." So, <laughs> but it was, also it was fun. Kate Beckinsale that annoyed me. I'm like, oh, "Come on, people, get an intern to check your spellings." <laughs> uh, <sighs> they did good too, Henry oh. and Christina. They did. I mean, uh, despite the fact that they don't like to be in each other's presence. Yeah. They are very observational. Yeah. All right. So then Amani and Woody, um, they are very glad to be going on the retreat. They go and play dominoes. You know, I, I don't know how to play dominoes. I don't either. I wasn't sure if I wanted to mention that. <laughs> like, does that take away a black card? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, he's happy about how they did things. Amani thinks they got lucky. So they liked each other right off the bat so they could focus on being good spouses to each other. And they did like a whole retrospective of some of the deeper conversations that they've had. And it really was a good, like it was actually a good thing to see all at once. Usually I get annoyed with the flashbacks, but I'm like, you guys really have hard some like difficult conversations. Mm -hmm. Then they talk about what it would take for them to say no on decision day. I don't even really want to spend much time on this because I, much like Amelia and Bennett, everything's fine here they just keep on i feel like producers keep on trying to get them to have these conversations to bring up problems that don't exist amani is the one who keeps kind of because woody is all we're not going anywhere we're together amani keeps saying 
maybe like you never know it i'm like why are you doing this like i think it's a huge premise of the show that you can't just come out and say everything's gonna be fine i mean woody is <laughs> but they don't like that like every season they you clearly see a couple that has no issues and they just bring up things tell them to talk about things like it's just but we, after you've watched a few seasons you're just like uh you can't blame me anymore i know what's going on here <laughs> um and they talk a lot about how like communicative they are and Woody straight out like if i couldn't talk to you i would have left <laughs> Yeah, I think that's when they're looking at the other couples being like, yeah, I couldn't have done that, couldn't have done that, couldn't have done that. I did like, um, I, do, I do think that a lot of their stuff, I think they mentioned something about luck. Mm-hmm. And I agree with that. I think a lot of people always argue that luck doesn't play a part in that, that it's like the work that they did. But I argue to the day I die, that people getting together and staying together, luck plays a huge part. Just in the fact of you meeting each other in the first place, of being brought together, you had no part in that. I don't care. All this, you attract what you think, you blah, blah. I don't agree with that. It's all, <laughs> so. I agree with you. They did get lucky. Yeah. I really Which thought isn't... she would like him because he's short, but I forgot <laughs> I was shallow. <laughs> <laughs> I called him my newt aid. <laughs> uh, don't remind people. <laughs> You talk about luck, and I agree with you. And when they're in bed, she says she doesn't want to compare. She just wants it to be the best version of their marriage. Mm -hmm. But she also talks about how small things don't matter. And she talks about how she told them about the laundry. And they, like, have this very funny conversation about him and his laundry. And he he doesn't get defensive, but he does defend himself. He's like, it happened one time. (laughs) And he says, thank you. (laughs) he's like I can see how you think you could be selfish (laughs) a man who takes responsibility but it's like yes they're lucky I a thousand percent agree with you that luck but it's also Olivia would have been talking about that laundry (laughs) that is true that is true true. we, we saw that early from when he lost his ring when you compared it to Iris ah (laughs) <laughs> she wasn't phased she was like eh just a ring so yeah yeah so then it's the end and we've got Bennett and Amelia in bed yes we have Bennett and Amelia in bed and for some reason Amelia asked Bennett to sing her a lullaby and it was the strangest lullaby I've ever heard it was about a bee with one wing or something like that so he keeps singing, and it doesn't take long before Amelia falls asleep. We found out that it doesn't take much for Amelia to fall asleep, because Bennett is also like, of course. And then the camera pans out, and Aid, was that food on the bed? I was like, what is that? And it wasn't like a small plate of a snack or something. It was a tray with what appeared to be one kind of food to feed like 20 people. Yeah. Like brownies or something or or baklava. I couldn't figure out what it was. Yeah, I thought it was baklava. I was just like, there is a platter on the bed with a snake-like thingy thingy on the bed. What is what? happening? So yeah, I don't even know why they put the scene on. I'm just like, are we are they comic relief now? I, I don't know. All right. So that's it for the week. This was a, actually a really good episode. It was. 
It was. It was fun. So who has your bouquet for the week? My bouquet goes to Miles for a number of reasons. One, for being open and honest about how he's feeling, for bringing up the racial injustice, for speaking out, you know, the minds of a lot of Black people, of always, you know, having for us to be on all the time, and it's not always easy. Sometimes we just don't feel like it. But also for him recognizing what he deserves, not just, you know, being patient. It doesn't have to always be on, you know, Karen's pace. And just knowing that, recognizing that something is missing and is this something I can live with for the rest of their life? And I feel like he's actually grown through this experiment. I, li- I like that. Um, my bouquet was Amani and Woody for being a Greek chorus. <laughs> I love the people in this world who just call things what they are. And throughout this episode, Amani and Woody were just like, you know, that's some bullshit, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So who had your burnt ashes? I'm bored with myself, but Christina and Henry. I don't know what they're doing. I hate watching them. I'm tired of Henry's buzzwords. I'm tired of Christina's fakeness. Get them off my screen. I just, you know, I tried because I gave them burnt ashes last week for what I gave them burnt ashes for this episode before I even saw this episode. And then I watched the episode and they really earned it. So Mm -hmm. yeah, they're my burnt ashes too for everything you just said. Actually, I think they might have my burnt ashes for the rest of the season. Because the thing is, okay, but here's the thing, Abe. If if um, Henry and Christina are not on the show, who gets our burnt ashes? Mm, who would get my burnt ashes? I don't know. I wouldn't even give it to Karen and Miles because I don't think they're doing anything wrong, either one of them. Yeah. Okay, we'll see. I mean, next week, we'll see. <laughs> so that's it for the week guys follow us on instagram and twitter at altacall m-a-f-s that's a-l-t-a-r-c-a-l-l-m-a-f-s you can also email us with the same handle at gmail.com we're available everywhere you listen to podcasts thank you so much for your support and listening to our show and don't forget to subscribe rate and review us we appreciate five stars on whichever platform you listen to us Bye. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.